Friday nights at 9 p.m. It's time to sit back, relax, and play conspiracy bingo with Echoplex Media. We've curated the best conspiracy theorists the internet has to offer and turned it into a live bingo game you can play for free with absolutely no prizes but bragging rights. You won't find a live stream like this anywhere else, and that's probably better for everyone else's mental health. Tune in every Friday at 9 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. Facebook is evil. Imagine a drone army of Mark Zuckerberg clones stomping on a human face forever. I'm white and I've got everything I need. No one clutches their purses when they're in a room alone with me. And I can drive for any neighborhood I please. At any hour, and the police don't do what. I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I got everything I need I'm a guy getting paid more than a girl with a degree And I can walk down the streets after dark No one wants to rape me And I can get a girl pregnant And just as easily flee like my straight white male dad did to me So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need I've got a pile of broken mirrors And I'm walking under ladders And I'm spilling tons of salt But to me that doesn't matter Cause my skin and my gender and my orientation Are the best things to have if you live in this nation I recommend it highly So if I see a penny on the ground I leave it alone and fucking flip it I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Shit's gonna work out for me Cause I'm a straight white male in America I've got all the luck I need Hey everyone, welcome to the Intellectual Dollar Tree. We do the show live every Wednesday, 7pm Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Media. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we're sorry. I'm producer Dave, and you can find me on Grinder. <laughs> I'm HK Perrin. You can find me on Mastodon at port87.social slash hparent. Uh, I don't tweet anymore, so you can find me on Twitter, but I'll never post anything there again. Uh, you can also find me right here on Twitch on my own channel, uh, which is called Sylphweed. Sylph like the mythical creature, and weed like the stuff that you would smoke if you were a mythical creature. Or a regular person who smokes weed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up. It's cold in this cold in the studio. Stop calling me Dave Poole. It's cold in here. I'm trying to keep my trying to keep my head warm so that the brain works. Where people were complaining lately <laughs> that my brain doesn't work. I figured it was because it was too cold. So try to keep it warm. <laughs> Usually, I wear a camouflage hat so that no one can read my mind. But we'll, we'll go. We're going with a beanie tonight. Anyway, we tried to watch this during the post game of the show, like maybe a month ago, 
I think that's about right. A little maybe maybe five weeks ago, and we were having some severe upstream issues. And I thought it was worth actually going over for the regular podcast. Um, so this is from five years ago. This is Mark Zuckerberg being interviewed by Kara Swisher. at I believe this was at the All Things D conference, which has nothing to do with the song that played a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, and I believe this was before Cambridge Analytica came out, right? Yeah, yeah. This was, this, this was bef- before all that. So okay. things, things only got worse for Mr. Zuckerberg after this. Right, so. Thanks, man. So, so, Walt, would you like to begin? Um, well, why don't we do it this way? We, uh, we do want to get to the talking about the future, but we have some, there is some controversy that you've just been through. So let me just start by asking you, um, you have a business that's based on sharing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. people wouldn't go on Facebook unless they wanted to share with, with groups of people. But there is this perception that... Uh, that's not true. You're on I go on Facebook just to use my VR headset. Uh, some people are on Facebook because they need to be on, on there for their business. That, that was already the case at this point. Like if you had a new restaurant in town and you weren't on Facebook, you were nowhere. Yeah, a lot of people go on Facebook with zero intention to share anything with anyone. Right. They're called brands. I mean, they're sharing things, but they're not sharing things about themselves. Yeah. I mean, we're only on face. I'm only on Facebook because I have to be for this project. The Facebook is like where we have the most followers and where we have the biggest potential reach. So like if you're a streamer with like a, a brand or whatever, you're kind of you kind of have to be there. Same with Twitter, unfortunately on a course to push people's information into a position where it's pretty much visible across the internet unless they do a bunch of stuff about it. Is that a wrong perception? Have you been wrongly labeled with that or is that something that you didn't communicate right or what is your feeling about that? Sure. So, I mean, privacy is a, is a really important issue for us and for the internet. So we spend a lot of time thinking about these things. In terms of the settings that we have, I think that there are some misperceptions, um, and then some of it, I think, is in line with what we're trying to do. So, you know, the the primary things that people do on the service, like you were saying, are they use it to share with their friends and the people around them in their community, and they use it to stay connected, right, and and to kind of um, keep in touch with people. And, you know, there are different parts of the service that people use for both, right? So a lot of the time when I I talk about sharing, what I'm talking about is, you know, people will um, post a status update, um, you know, sometimes I'll do that and make it available to everyone at Facebook, everyone at the company. Um, you know, sometimes you'll share photos, or right? you might go on a vacation and take photos with your family and only want to share that with your family, right? And you have the- if you take photos on a vacation, <laughs> share them when you get back so that strangers don't know you were gone. Control to be able to do that. Yep. So that's kind of on the sharing side. <laughs> that's most of what people are doing on a day-to-day basis. Then there's the side around... Facebook is like a stalker's dream. You know, you don't start off on Facebook with all of your real-life friends already being your friends. So people need to be able to search for you, type in your name, um, figure out which person you are, right? I mean, we probably have pretty unique names, but, you know, our head of product's name is Chris Cox. So there's a million Coxes. Man, all this innuendo tonight. Someone looking for him needs to be able to know, okay, here's... Here, we should but, like, this that. isn't he true. He's from this you know, you don't have to be... Like, okay, you know how you open up Venmo 
And if you're standing right next to someone, you'll bring up your QR code and be like, here, scan my QR code. They scan your code and then they have access to send you money. Like, why can't Facebook be the same thing? Why don't I have to be physically standing next to someone to friend them on Facebook? Hey, keep like, that. To, why hey, why hey, can hey, I just hey, look hey, up that, anyone? Hey, hey, keep that to yourself. That's the that's that's the next evolution. Keep that to yourself. <laughs> we just we just told potentially hundreds of thousands of people our our new business plan. Thanks, HK. <laughs> um, and having some information be visible more broadly is very valuable for that. So what we've found over time is that there are really good settings for people to have to enable people to stay connected with them and find them. Um, and there are good kind of default ways that people want to be sharing information with the community around them. Um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do. Now, I mean, there have been misperceptions that say that we're trying to make... So the, the thing that had just happened was a bunch of people's settings had been changed by Facebook at this point to... It didn't like retroactively change their old posts, but everything was public now. So if you posted and weren't like looking at your privacy settings, your next post would be public, even though your intent from having made your settings, you know, friends only before was to have your stuff friends only and you would have to go in and change it again. That was this that before or after when um, like they basically made public all of your like uh essentially what were dms at the time from like the very early facebook i that i don't like know. way back when it was like just college kids yeah i don't know i just know that that's the thing that they're talking about right here is that like your settings had changed such that if you just kind of casually went on and made a post and weren't thinking about it that post would be public okay and facebook did that on purpose right that doesn't just accidentally happen <laughs> yes yeah. Uh, and he kind of waves his hand around it, but like he's saying words like, you know, we've found people want to do this. And it's like, no, you've dictated that people want to do that because no one wanted to do that. Or if they did, like my stuff's all set to public, but that's my choice. Yeah, I should say like people don't want to do that. Some people want to do that. Uh, like a, a responsible way to do this would have been like the next time you log into Facebook, it says, Hey, you know, we've done some stuff with the privacy settings. Um, we've updated them, added more privacy settings, and um, we're going to send you right now to your privacy settings page and you can set your privacy settings before you do anything else. Boom. No problem. Yeah. Or at least call out when you're making a, a message, like a, a post, call out when you're making a post, have like a little pop up that says, like, Hey, by the way, we changed the default and this is going to be public now. And then make it just push a button to say, change, change, change all of my posts to friends only. Yeah. <laughs> Open or something like that. And that's completely false. I mean, there are big buckets of information that we recommend that you share with. I keep all my data in a bucket. I don't know about UHK. <laughs> privately all the really sensitive stuff like your contact information your address your phone number um, who can go and post stuff on your page that stuff is all set to friends only um, more sensitive stuff like um, like photos of you or videos of you we recommend that that's only visible to your friends of friends right people in the community around you and then some of the more basic information we recommend that that's visible to everyone okay now when you did that though this was or you know keep your photos just friends like why do your friends of friends 
Like, this is what I mean about, like, Facebook is a stalker's fucking dream. Like, if you're trying to stalk someone in your friends group, and they're not friends with you, because they're not friendly with you, they could still see a bunch of your shit, because of shit that Facebook does like this. Right, you, maybe you, or if you want to stalk someone, and it turns out you work at the same, like, maybe a large company that one of their friends does, you make friends with one of their friends, and now you can see their photos. Yeah. And like, I feel like Mark Zuckerberg does not comprehend it, uh, or maybe he does and he just doesn't care, but like, you know, he doesn't have the feeling of like, is it safe for me to put this here? Is it safe for me to say this on this service? You know, cause he's, no one's like, well, I guess people probably do stalk him, but he's got fucking security. And a lot of people get stalked and don't have the luxury of having security. A lot of times the police ignore them, too. Yep. I'm like, what is Facebook doing to help those people? That, though, this was, this is a complaint I hear from a lot of people, not Silicon Valley people, is they come to Facebook with the beginnings of, these are people I know that I'm linking with, and I'm not sharing with people I don't know, and I will pick who I know and who I don't know. Some of these things were changed because you recommend them. Perhaps we don't agree with your recommendations. Why, why did you go to that at that one point? Did you expect that kind of backlash? Or do you feel like it's a blogosphere backlash that's just a, annoying people like myself? Um, <laughs> do you feel like it's an actual genuine backlash that people were expecting one thing and then you recommended something but made it so before they had a chance to participate in it? Which was Steve was talking about last night. You tell them again, you tell them again, and you tell them again in plain English. Sure. So, I mean... I think the, the most important thing is we recommended settings for people. I mean, we always do, whether it's when they sign up right. or, you know, along the way. When we launch- Why don't you recommend the settings page to people instead? <laughs> well, do you notice what he just said right there? We recommend things, whether it's when they sign up or along the way. And what he's saying is, like, he just changes people's settings. Right. Like, that's what those words mean. What he just said means we just change people's settings. It's okay. If you know, they they might not want it, but it's what we want, so we'll just do it. Right. We're trying to we're trying to run an ad business that is um nefarious in a lot of ways, Kara. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, excuse me, who owns the servers? And I mean that's fine. This guy. That's I fine. decide what you share. <laughs> but like the responsible thing to do would be every ninety days or something prompt people to be like, Hey, you know, uh, you should go check out your privacy settings and make sure that make sure that everything's what you want. And you could might even you could might even be ethical in trying to nudge them, be like, hey, we recommend setting some of your stuff to public, but that's up to you. And then send them the fucking settings page. Yeah. Things. We, like we people go to Facebook with the, the idea that it's not fucking Twitter. Like Twitter, everything is public, sure. But Facebook isn't supposed to be everything is public. So why are they trying to make it everything is public? investors ask that everyone go and review their settings and make a choice for what they want their settings to be um but that's literally what i just said you should have done and that's what you didn't do you just said oh shit you know your stuff (laughs) some of your stuff's public now actually (laughs) that all of that process and we we didn't change any settings or anything about i think that that's a, a really important piece of this um you know, the big feedback that we got that I actually, it really resonated. Uh, yeah, they um, did. Over time, the privacy settings have just become too complex. I mean, okay, so like if you introduce a new setting, 
and set it to something that conflicts with how things were before, that's changing someone's setting. Like maybe it wasn't a setting before, but now it is a setting and it acts differently than the default before. That is changing someone's setting. This is amazing. I mean, <clears throat> that this this would be so much easier if he'd just go up there and go, I think we screwed up. product that we've ever launched. I mean, from the beginning of the site, each piece of information that you shared um, had a privacy setting. It's not only whether it's public or private, it's you can set it to be open to everyone, you could set it to be open to the communities around you, you could set it to be open to just your friends or, um, or even you know, a smaller group than that. And over years of just launching products and products and products, we accumulated dozens of settings. So it, it really resonated to, to me at least when people were saying, you know, what we want to make sure is that we have control over how we're sharing information, um, but with all these settings, we're not sure how to use them. So that's what we did. We, we kind of <laughs> well, we you did that on purpose, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know for yeah. sure. Purposefully obfuscate the settings <laughs> and make it so that it's hard to to be more private on their platform. That's what they always do. Of weeks building this, we built one main setting that people can now use um, so that it controls all of the information that they're sharing on a day to day basis, and you can just set it all to be open to everyone or friends or right. whatever you want. Right, about- but there's a difference between sort of your user interface for your settings, which you have overhauled, and it's always good to be simpler. And yeah. I know that you can still go in and customize them and have the more complex view if you want, and that's all good. But the real issue is whether people trust that you're still on board with the idea that they thought you were on board with when they joined. And I think this is what Kara was yeah. saying, which is it's a place to share with people, a limited group of people, not an unlimited group of people, and certainly not the whole internet. And you did this instant personalization thing, you did these uh, uh, community pages, is that what they were called? Yeah. These things just came at members of Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd go onto Facebook one day and there's an announcement from you guys that, oh, you know what? You know those interests you put on your page three years ago when you joined? Now they're all linked to some pages. And you're like, what? What does that mean? Who's, who has access to those pages? What are those pages? In other words, you've done some abrupt things that, um, yes, there was a way to back out of them mm-hmm. by going to privacy settings. But even if they were simpler privacy settings, you're still putting the onus on me to do some work to maintain the level of privacy I expected at the beginning. So the question that I have is not about whether your privacy settings were complicated or simple or better or worse, but why do I have to do the work to even go to them? Why are you taking preemptive steps that make me go and check and make sure that I have the control? Walt Mossberg's one of the good ones. That's a good question. He's like, why, is it, why do I have to do this? Yep. <laughs> why it me? Why is it me? Like again, be like, hey, we added some new stuff here. Check out your privacy settings, and then everything's set to like friends only or private, and then you could change it yourself. Actually, yeah. Or like, hey, would you like to opt in to these new settings that make you less private? Like, there's all kinds of things you could have done instead of just turning shit on. Like, hey, we've installed new lights. Here, there's one right in front of your fucking face. I'm going to turn it on while you're talking. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I like the light the way it was before, not right in front of my fucking face. I was wondering what that thing was. Ow.
Oh, well, if you'd like to remove the light from in front of your face, uh, just go into your settings and privacy center and then enter the, the privacy tab and then go to lighting and fixtures. And then under that, you'll see five boxes. One of the boxes is, is labeled face lights. On that one, open the drop down and click stop shining at my fucking face. So you were taking a shower in your house that was made out of stucco. Well, we've replaced all the stucco with glass. And what you need to do is go into the into the settings <laughs> and uh, turn your house back into stucco and wood. Well, I want. Sure. Well, I think that how the system is set up is a really important part for how it functions. And before I was talking about how there are these two primary things that people do. They, they share information with the people around them. It's never been, you know, by default, just your friends. It's always been kind of the community around you, whether it was colleges or companies or... That's false. Most recently. Um, That's you know, super other- false. No, back when it was like you're writing on your friend's wall, that wasn't public. That was you and your friends. That was the default. The default was you and your friends. And your whoever's wall you're writing on, their friends too. Other thing is, is people want to stay connected with the people around them. And you know, I mean, there's this this thing that we're seeing more and more. There's this serendipity in how people are sharing information on these services um, that can only happen when you're when you're sharing it with when you're sharing things with a broader group of people. So serendipity for who, Mark? <laughs> right? Serendipity for your shareholders? <laughs> Oh, this is just luck. Look, we're making more money now. Oh, my God. Let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty recently, I, I'd been trying to schedule um, a dinner just to hang out with our head of technical operations, Jonathan Heiliger, for, for weeks. And we just we hadn't been able to set it up just because we're, we're both busy on different evenings. And one night I found, you know, my dinner plans got canceled. And I posted something online that was like, okay, I'm going to this place uh, status, uh, visible to the people in, in my community around me. Um, and, and he actually, and he replied, and he said, okay, I'm there. So I ended up going, and we ended up getting dinner, and it was this pretty kind of, it was this great kind of serendipitous moment. That but that's your employee. What do you mean you couldn't schedule a dinner with your employee? What the, what kind of, what the fuck kind of CEO are you that you can't schedule a dinner? Like, I'm pretty sure whoever works for you, if you're trying to schedule a dinner with them, it's going to be a nice place because Mark's got money. And that's like a high level person in the company. And they're going to be like, oh, let's house Thursday. Like, what are you talking about? And also in that scenario, he doesn't want everyone in Palo Alto to know where he's going to dinner. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they'll go that's there. Also, that's also creepy as fuck. Well, if it's your like, f- do you remember? Uh, do you remember Foursquare? Foursquare was, I was, I was the mayor of so many fucking places. <laughs> this is like Foursquare, you know, where where like everyone can know exactly where you are all the time, right? But the difference between that and uh, Facebook is that Foursquare. If, if you wanted to read a little bit about what was going on at Foursquare, you could figure out pretty quick that that's what was going on. They weren't telling you that that's what they weren't doing. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the service. The service was like, tell everyone where you are all the time. And then we'll make you the mayor. <laughs> yeah. But in, in, I mean, in this case, there's nothing creepy about that. That's somebody on his, like on his friends list or whatever. 
<clears throat> and he's like, oh, but like I'm- Facebook didn't start out that way. Right, right. But what I'm Facebook saying is what wasn't he- meant to be like, tell everyone where you are all the time. Right, right. But what he just described actually isn't creepy because this person was on his friends list and he posted that he was going to go to this place and his friend or his coworker or somebody he knows is like, oh, I'm going to go there too. I will meet you there. Or, oh, I have, I'm, I'm just down the street. Uh, I'm there now. I have a table. Like, that's not creepy. Uh, it's a little creepy to me. Would it be creepy if you were in town here and you said, I'm going to La Pizzeria, a place we've been to, or the, the burger place, uh, Brown Chicken, Brown Cow. And I don't know, you posted it anywhere and I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I guess to me, it's, uh, it's more creepy. Like posting it is more creepy to me. So I, I just don't post stuff like that. Well, you know, I, like you said about the vacation photos, I post after I do that kind of stuff. Fair enough. Happens through sharing. It's the type of thing that, that I think is the type of connection that gets made on Facebook. I'm a little confused. You wanted yeah. to have dinner with one single person. Well, no, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, Walt's going to bring up my point. He's going to be there. Um, so what I'm saying because is you could have emailed him, right? Or you could have texted him or something. And maybe, said, I'm not, I'm, maybe I'm not doing a great job telling the story. I was trying to get dinner with him for a while. I did not expect that he was going to be free. I see. Okay. Are you talking about the idea? So, so, yeah, so I was going to a place and I ended up running into a friend there, right? And, you know, I mean, that, that, we call that serendipity, right? It's kind of a lucky coincidence when, when something. Well, like- no, that's actually not serendipity because you posted about it on your Facebook and your friend found that's not lucky. It didn't just happen to be there. A person decided to go there because you were going there and you were trying to have dinner. And that's actually fine by me. That's there's not, but that's not luck. Luck would have been if that person happened to fucking be there anyway. And you walked in, you're like, Oh shit, HK what's up? You know? Yeah. That's like essentially the opposite of serendipity. It's it's like making plans, almost like making plans. Yeah. (laughs) I I think one of the reasons why we consider this to be um, a lucky coincidence is because we miss most of the connections like that that are happening in the world around us. But you but didn't if, answer my question. My question is, you seem well, to have taken some steps to make more public my information as a Facebook member on your own, by yourself, all of a sudden announcing them. And without, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, what I really have is I have X number of friends here. I'm happy to have them see my photos or my status messages i'm happy to know when their birthdays are happy to have them right on my wall why is the management of this company saying they're going to take some of my information and do some things with it well i think what what means is there's different levels of what sharing means to you something different than what it means to walt obviously mm-hmm. you are thrilled if people know you're somewhere and they show up or something like that is there a level of privacy that just has to apply to everyone or do you think i mean you might have a view of this is what privacy means to mark zuckerberg so this is what it's going to mean at facebook yeah i mean people can control this right themselves i mean simple control has always been one of the important parts of using facebook and he just um, keeps repeating himself right he's already he already said this Mm -hmm. yeah he's trained he's like an ai you know they they train him with like uh with like training sets you know, they'll have sets of questions and the right response, and then they just feed it into his algorithm, and he understands with his AI brain that given this question, I give this response. And I'm not saying he is a robot. I'm just saying like what he's doing right now is very reminiscent of an AI 
responding to questions in similar ways. I mean, if it's if it's this or call everybody a pedophile on your fucking on your website, I guess this is a little <laughs> bit better. <laughs> Marginally better than a lot of people don't than know, Elon. More than fifty percent of Facebook users um, have changed a privacy setting at some point in their experience. Right. right? So mo most of users go through their settings and it will tweak at least one thing. Now, I think that that's interesting because it shows that, A, people understand what the settings are. Right? People well, like, are the first thing right? you so do is we, we go set your privacy settings. That's, like, in the walkthrough when you sign up. And, like, not for nothing, the first thing you do when you, like, do open any piece of software or go to any website or whatever is you're like, what does this thing do? You know, <laughs> you're like, what are that? What are settings? Let's go look through those. Like it's even if it didn't walk you through it. Yeah. Most people are going to be kind of curious and be like, what are all the, what are all the features of this thing that I'm using? Or what can I discover today to use this? Like that's, that's like saying mm -hmm. that that's like saying that most people who try, who try a word processor, uh, use the spell check, right? It's like, <laughs> shut up, dude. <laughs> It it also means that like your settings aren't good enough for most people, right? Like if most people are changing the defaults. I mean, okay, as someone who signed up for Facebook fairly recently because I was forced to to use my Oculus, uh you know, I I logged into my Oculus account and they were like, "Hey, you need your Facebook account in order to continue. And I was like, I don't have a Facebook account. So they were like, sign up then. So I signed up for a Facebook account and I walked through and I changed all of the settings needed to make my Facebook account completely unfindable. You can't tag me. You can't search for me. You can't see my profile publicly. Uh, and that took like 20 different settings. Why the fuck does that take 20 different settings? Right. There should just be like invisible mode that you can turn on. Yeah, it should be. I mean, especially if you're going to force me to do it, to use a piece of hardware that's for gaming. There should at least be one setting that can be just make me hidden. We think are the right settings for people, um, and then they use the they use the product if they want. They can change it if they want. People are, but also the majority of the people who are going through this um, aren't changing most of the settings, right? So they're going through and they're um, they're they're seeing the settings and changing what they want, but also kind of keeping the things that they want to have. So right. to me, that's a signal that we're on the whole getting it right, but also doing a reasonable job of giving people control so that way they can go in and change the things that they want as well. So do you feel like it's a backlash or that you feel like you're violating people's privacy when you're, when you're doing, because some things do, for better or worse, whether you deserve it or not, some of these, you know, you're a public figure, you get a lot of things. Those emails back in college, they stick to you now, whether you like it or not. And pro it's probably unfair to, I, I don't want to see texts I wrote when I was 19 years old, or maybe last week even. Um, but <laughs> Truly. Um, how, why does that, do you feel like it sticks to you? Or why does it, because, because you happen to run a service that is sharing, how do you explain the hubbub around it? How, what do you, how do you, and it must affect you as a person. So I know this really doesn't have anything to do with the audio content or whatever, and the podcast listeners aren't going to see this, but I think Mark also didn't let them put stage makeup on him because he looks kind mm. of like flat almost hmm. maybe because, yeah you know i mean when i was 
18 or 19 years old, I did a lot of stupid things, right, when I was in college. And I think, um, you know, I don't want to make an excuse for that. Right? I, I, I did stupid things. I think they're, they're... Boy, aren't you glad Facebook wasn't around to fucking record all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... He committed his code into the repository that still exists today, so you can look at his code and how fucking awful it was. Embarrassing. But um, I don't think I'm that's what he means. That um, you know, some of the things that people accuse me of are true, some of them aren't. I think a lot of it has been pretty well documented. Right. Um, you know, the Would face you like to say pranks. which ones are true? Um, you know, I mean, I think there's, there's the, I, I actually don't even know, looking back, you know, right. um, like, it was like, IMs are printed, it's tough for me to tell. Right. Um, but I mean, there's face mash, right? I mean, there are yeah. some IMs that have been printed, mm -hmm. um, there are pranks, there's blogs. Um, you know, it's... I think the issue is... I think he's trying to say it's well-documented that he is an asshole and has been for a long time. ...company on the planet. Yeah, no, so... But I, so I think everything the, the interesting thing matters. is that... You know, so... I started this when I was, you know... Started working on this type of stuff when I was 18. Started building this when I was around 19 years old. Um, and along the way, just... You know, we... I just gained a... Uh, I think... You know, a lot of stuff changed as we've gone from building this project in a dorm room to now having a service that almost 500 million right, people exactly. are using um, on a Whoa, only 500 million people. He's saying on a daily basis. Uh, and, um, their monthly active users are in the billion. Well, they want to know who you are and what you actually think. Well, I mean, they should, and you should explain that to them. I mean, in, in some way. Do you and I think like in 2017 they were in the billion. Because they want to wonder about the person who actually created this thing. Yeah, I mean... I, you know, a lot of stuff happened happened along the way. I think, um, you know, there were real learning points and turning points along the way in terms of um, in terms of building things. You know, it really went from this position very early on, where we were just in this college dorm room, to we moved out to California. It was a few friends and me, and. Um, you know, it, it just kind of had this project mm. feel for a while, and there was this real turning point when, um, when companies started trying to buy the company for a huge amount of money. And, you know, I had to kind of get my friends together, and we had to decide what was it that we really cared about and what was it that we wanted to do. Um, and, you know, we decided not to, to take those offers. And, right. you know, to me, a lot of that decision was that what we wanted to do and what we wanted to spend, you know, a big part of our lives doing was just continuing to push and, um, and, and kind of build products that help people share information, um, right. build products that help people stay connected. Oh, I've said this, this is the back to the same fucking thing he was saying before. <laughs> My God. Yep. Um, and that's really what we're spending our time doing. And, you know, I, I think you know, there's just been a lot, of, a lot of space between that early stuff and where we are now. <laughs> um, if, I could, if I knew what I knew now then, <laughs> then I hope I wouldn't have made those mistakes. But <laughs> I can't go back and change the past. I can only do what we think is the right thing going forward. So uh, before we move off this privacy thing, and I thought really that was a fascinating right, answer. Okay, you want to take off the hoodie? No, I never take off the. I know you don't. What's with that? There's a group of women in the audience that wish you would. And uh, no. <laughs> Girls? Whoa. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. That's okay. Um, can you explain what this instant personalization hmm. thing was that you did and why you did it and what was the, what's the value? Oh, we were wrong about the date. This is 2010.
Oh, wow. This was before I uh, started working at Facebook. I should take off. I started working there in December of 2012. <laughs> Here. Let me get someone. You all right? Yeah. This is a great moment in internet history. What? All right. Um, what are we going to do with the mic? Put it on your... All right. Put it on the collar of your t-shirt. Do you want some... Do you need some help? No, I'm good. All right. So they definitely right, didn't have uh, billions of users at, that, yeah. at this point. Yet. We're not going to yell at them. No, we're, of course not. That is a warm hoodie. Yeah, no, it's a thick hoodie. We, it's, um, it's a company hoodie. We print our mission on the inside. What? Oh, oh my really? God, the inside of the hoodie, everybody. Take a moment. Oh. What is it? Making the... Making the world more open and connected. Oh, my God. It's like a secret Ooh. cult. Well, that's not creepy. <laughs> Look at that. Making the world open and connected. Stream graph platform. And this weird symbol in the middle that is probably for the Illuminati. <laughs> oh, 2010. No, it's 2010. <laughs> oh, no. I read Dan Brown on the... So what's the, what is instant personalization and why don't you do it? Sure. So I mean, so what we're what we're trying to do is, um, you know, we we're building Facebook in this way that we think is pretty different from most other sites, right? And it's a lot more engaging than than you know almost every other website out there. And we think that the reason for that is that it's designed around people fundamentally. Um, you know, when you look at newsfeed, um, we've done these interesting eye tracking studies where. You know, Whoa. People use the site, and unlike most applications, people don't. Wait, hey, way to not creep everybody out, dude. Browse through <laughs> looking at navigation. They browse through looking at people, right? It's like you, you kind of fixate on a person's face, and then um, you navigate through that. So, I mean, a lot of apps, you might kind of go to messages um, and, and, and create messages through that. On Facebook, so this was this was before they launched uh, the, what was it called? Graph search? Uh, I was working there when they launched Graph Search, so that was in 2013. They launched Graph Search, and essentially it was... You know how I said Facebook is a stalker's dream? Graph Search is a stalker's wet dream. Graph which, with Graph Search, you could basically search for, like, single women near me who like wine, and it would show you, like women located near you who had liked you know wine on facebook like the you know how you add your interests they could add the interest wine and like it was creepy as fuck navigate they go to a person and they choose to send them a message or write in their wall or view their photos or whatever they're going to do um, and we just think that this model is a more engaging way to build apps. And, you know, so we built a bunch of them ourselves, whether it was photos or videos. Right. Um, and what we, we have the strategy where what we're trying to do is make it possible for everyone to build different social apps um, that are basically designed with people at their center. And that's what we, um, a lot of the stuff that we started talking about at F8, right? right? Um, we started the strategy around 2007 where people could build apps inside Facebook. There are now more than a million developers doing that, um, ranging from you know, the largest companies like Zynga that right. have really started the whole social gaming thing. That's well, that didn't turn out so well, did it? A multi-billion dollar <laughs> industry. 
um, to a lot of hobbyist developers. And what we're trying to do now is make it so that people can extend that outside of Facebook, right? Because we never thought that it would all kind of stick within one website to the rest of the web. Um, so we have focused on a number of different things that make it so that people can build um, these, these people-centric um, websites um, and, and apps on their phones and desktop software. And one of the main things that we've done is social plugins, right? Which basically um, is, it, it, makes, it means that with a single line of code, you can just kind of insert a, a plugin onto your site. A lot of news sites have right. done it, ABC, a lot of, a lot of different news sites. Um, and that, that is a, a really simple way to personalize your site, right? right? And um, how, wait, <coughs> how are you personalizing your website by adding some Facebook shit to it? That's not personalization. Yeah. That's that's a one size fits all kind of thing. Um also what he doesn't mention here, or I assume he's not gonna mention it, is uh if a website has that one piece of code uh that he's talking about, it means that every user that goes to that website that has a Facebook account, regardless of them uh being on Facebook like they're not on facebook.com they go to whatever website you know let's say it's like CNN they go to some article on CNN Facebook now knows that you went to that article even yes. if you never interacted with like the the Facebook like button Facebook knows that you went there yes i know this because Facebook is <clears throat> not recently but maybe in 2017 or 2018 was aggressively trying to get me to do that on my website. They were emailing yep. me. I was getting little Facebook pop-ups when I'd go to my, like the page for Echoplex media. <clears throat> They'd be like, Oh, we see you have a .com domain or whatever, you know, whatever th it says. And it's like, you know, if you put this line of code on there, we can give you analytics about your visitors. And I'm like, no, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> That's what we're not going to do. <laughs> Actually, since yep. 200,000 different sites have started using social plugins, um, and most of them have seen that their, um, their referral rate from Facebook users has gone up by about 2x, right? So it's been a big increase in terms of the engagement on the site um, that people have gotten from making their site more designed from the ground up around people. All right, so I get, now, in terms of I get that now, instant part. personalization is... Yeah. Um, kind of the the other side of that program, right? We, we're trying to make. Uh, it so by the way, also um, one of Firefox's uh, really great features uh, was called the Facebook Container, and what that allowed you to do is every time you opened Facebook.com, the browser would have a separate cookie jar for just that tab. Uh, and a cookie jar is a set of browser cookies. Uh, and the way that Facebook tracks you going around the internet is through what's called a tracking cookie or a third-party cookie, where you go to CNN.com, and because of that little piece of code from Facebook, your browser sends a request to Facebook.com, and that's what allows Facebook to to know that you went to that specific website uh and when you did that in firefox when you had this firefox container which i think uh this facebook container which i think is the default now 
uh, like you don't you no longer need to add the the add-on now it's just default it will have a separate cookie jar that doesn't have your facebook login cookie in it so when it makes that request to facebook.com facebook won't know who you are designed around people you know all these different websites applications and social plugins i think are going to be the primary way that that happens but for sites that um, are you know more technical and want to build things um, build you know kind of the whole stack themselves we wanted to have a program where we could partner with just a handful of sites um, to make it so they can use only the information that's open to everyone on Facebook to personalize things. So for example, um, Pandora um, is, an, is an application where you can go and if you set your music to be visible to everyone, then it can access your music and it can start playing songs that you like as soon as you show up on their site. And it's a great integration. Um, and it's a good personalized experience as soon as you use it that they've kind of coded in collaboration with us. So that's kind of how we see this so whole thing evolving. So why not say, why not when I log on to Facebook, say, hey, we've got this new thing with Pandora, if you happen to also like Pandora, uh, which would do just what you just described, which sounds great. Mm -hmm. Check here if you want to do it. You did it kind of the opposite. You well, we have that program. It's, it's regular connect, right? I mean, like any website. It's been very popular. Right, but um, what's, yeah, so what's the problem? Yeah, thousands right. of sites have used so it. So why did... You well, so sort of put up a notice saying, uh, uh, Mike, what is it, Microsoft, uh, Docs, uh, what the other one was Yelp? I yeah, think? so Docs, Yelp, and Pandora, and Pandora. are partners for this. So what we found You are that automatically now instantly personalized there um, without asking. So, so what we've found is that, you know, so a lot of sites are using Connect. It's more than 100,000. Right. right. Um, but it's actually, even though it's just one click to click on this blue button to use Connect, um, it's... It's, it's a, a lot more friction than, than I think it seems, right? Because what, like you go to what, what, what asking if you want to do something is just too much fucking friction for this guy's fucking bottom line, dude. My God, <laughs> he just gave away the game right there. He's like having to click this button is too much friction. <laughs> yeah, by too much friction, he means not everyone will do it. Right. Too so much we'll just force it on people right, right. without consent. <laughs> site like Yelp or you go to a site like Pandora and it's you're, you're going because you want to use Pandora and it's not immediately clear what you get um, if if you had a personalized experience or if the site were had if it knew who all your friends were so that's why we're, we're doing the wait why does Pandora need to know who your friends are <laughs> yeah this is so this really fucking irked me a lot uh, with Spotify uh, basically when I was trying to uh get out of facebook uh i had a spotify account that i had signed up for using facebook like i clicked the login with facebook or sign up sign with on. facebook yeah 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 uh, and spotify doesn't allow you to unhook your your facebook account if you do that so once connected always connected uh and I really didn't like that. So I had to create an entire new Spotify account and transfer all of my playlists over just so I didn't have like a bunch of fucking random people that I had friended like 10 years ago showing up in my Spotify feed. Yeah, that's and like the other problem with something like that is just what if you didn't like in your case they just deleted your account i don't know you stole their umbrella they deleted your account fuck facebook for that <laughs> stealing their umbrella was based and <laughs> <laughs> and uh 
So you didn't do that. <clears throat> what if there was some error where Facebook deleted your account and you didn't even steal an umbrella from them and they just deleted <laughs> your account in error or, you know, some, there was an outage at Facebook, right? And now you can't even get into your Spotify account. Like, mm. I, I'm not big on like the government regulating tech, but I think stuff like that should be illegal. Like if you sign up for a service with, uh, say I sign up, like I don't sign up for things with Facebook. If I'm going to hurry, I sign up with Google. But then if I can, like later I go back, I go, you know, I probably shouldn't have a single sign on. I, I have a good password manager and then you, a lot of places will let you go in and just change how you sign in. Yeah. I personally never sign up with any other account. I always sign up with just an email address and a password. Right. <clears throat> I like, operating why I, like I like operating under the assumption that all these sites let you change that. That's why I'll just real quick sign in with Google and then go back in. And yeah. I've never not been able to change that actually, even on smaller yeah, sites. Spotify like Spotify is wall. the only time that I ever ran into that issue. Yeah. Even on like a small, you... like upstart, like fourth wall, I was very easily able to change that. Yeah. But also shout out to fourth wall, our merch supplier, eplex.store, everyone, my Lord, that stuff is wonderful in there. Around social plugins and around instant personalization um, at the same time, right? It's this big push where we just think that all of these different products are going to get an order of magnitude better when they're designed with people at their core. But shouldn't people make the decision themselves to opt into it? This is my last question on this, seriously. But no, it's actually the first question. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Shouldn't people? Well, I'm sorry if you don't think it's important, but I do. So shouldn't people no, so have to opt I th in? I think that the, you know. Making these products that people can share and that people have control and that are simple to do both is this balance, right? An opt-in versus opt-out is one part of that balance, right? So, for example, we, we've added a lot of products as time has gone on. When we launched the first version of Oh, Facebook, this again. We've had a lot of products as time has gone on. When we first launched the website, we were in a dorm. Yeah, Mark, we, are, we know. We've seen the movie. I think it was fine to make it so, I mean, you can go now and you can turn off messages if you want, and you can make it so that people can't message you. Um, but that we thought, that was, that was right to have as an opt-out thing. Um, similarly, when we launched Newsfeed, you know, there was a pretty big backlash around that. I mean, that was actually, what? per the, the ratio of, of Facebook users, 10% um, of Facebook users were, were protesting, and a lot of the, what people wanted was, let us turn it on, or at least, you know, just make it so that um, people have to choose to turn it on before they, they can use Newsfeed. Um, and... You know, looking back on it, I think Newsfeed is such a critical part of the experience that it would have been pretty crazy if now, for, you know, when you sign up for Facebook, if, if you had to choose that you want to turn on each individual one of these features, if Newsfeed wasn't there by default. I mean, there are whole services that all they are now is in Newsfeed. I don't know. I feel like it would be better, right? You know, I just think, I think it's a balance on all these things. We and, you and, do some of the picking and other people do some of the and, Yeah, and, and I don't know if we, we always get it right and we always want to listen to feedback and do what we think are the right things. Um, but my prediction would be that a few years from now, we'll... I mean, I feel like this would be... This would be like buying a computer and just having Candy Crush already installed on your computer. That's called, no one would do that. Wait, no, that's called certain Android phones for a while, HK. And Windows. Yeah. Oh no. <clears throat> yeah, not even like not even like Dell fucking Windows. Like you install it from their CD. CD. You install it from their DVD or their USB disc. And it's like fucking Candy Crush on your computer. <laughs> I'm trying to install an operating system. If I want a game with my operating system, it's going to be like fucking Minesweeper, not Candy Crush. 
<laughs> I don't even like some of the stuff Linux and inst- like, like popular distributions of Linux installs by default. I'm like, why do we need this? But on, I mean, that app isn't like doing, you know, if it's like some app I don't want, first of all, it's easy to remove. Secondly, that whatever mm-hmm. that is probably isn't collecting telemetry data on me to sell to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> wonder why yeah and you know the linux community is like is a is a great example of like when you give people uh like power and privacy trying to take it away from them is a is a big deal breaker do you remember when ubuntu uh they had their their unity launcher and you would go into like the the basically ubuntu start menu and start typing something and it would search your computer for that but it would also search amazon right just in case just in case you were trying to buy uh a copy of q qlc plus which is you know, <laughs> yeah. just in case you're trying search to buy a Libra copy office of- it's like hey you want to buy libra office on on amazon right, it's- and like everyone was pissed off the entire foss community was like canonical stop and then they did because they had to. It got them so much bad press and they changed it, you know, to their credit, they changed it. And not for nothing, this guy's whole project is built on top of open source and Linux where he has had the op- he has had the option to opt in and never had to opt out of including services on his, uh, on their own web servers. Yep. When all these websites and applications, whether they're mobile applications or websites, weren't personalized in some way, whether it's through social plugins or Connect or instant personalization or whatever programs other companies come out with. But I just think that the world is moving in this direction where things are going to be designed more around people. Um, and I think that that's going to be a really powerful direction. Let's talk about where that's going. Let's talk about the next phase of social networking. Here you are. You've gotten to five close. You're about to announce 500 million users and have a lovely party, I understand. Um, what are you going to a billion? What's the goal? What is what is the next phase of social networking? Because you have such a massive influence on the rest of the ecosystem now. What do you imagine? What are the th- where, where, what are three or four things you see on the short term horizon and long term horizon? Well, you know, I think that the, the industry is it's come a long way in the last five years, right? From these sites like Friendster and MySpace and the first version of Facebook that were really these walled garden sites. Um, to now becoming more of a social platform, right? And, um, and I just think that that trend is going to continue. So um, what we found was, you know, Facebook built a lot of these apps itself. Um, early on, we built photos, uh, we built groups, we built events, and those are and respectively the most used photos, groups, events, um, applications online. And along the way, we, we just realized, you know, we're never going to build all of these applications. I believe Google is the most used application online. So we started building this platform. And but he, he said he said specifically those might those he believed that those were the most used photos. I forget something else in events uh, apps online. Oh, okay, and he, he might have been right at the time. So in their category, yeah, yeah. Over okay. time, and you know, it's and it's interesting because the the privacy concerns that people have around having their information with third-party applications is something that I think over time um, people use these applications, they have a good experience with them, they understand the controls that they have, and they can get more comfortable as that happens. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, when we started with applications, we started off building it inside Facebook to begin with. Mm -hmm. But the goal was never to have all these applications built inside Facebook. It was to make it so that every application that gets built in every industry um, can be designed in this new way around people first. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really... I, I have to like, I have to like stop here. He's 
calling a place to put your photos an application on Facebook. I understand that that might be the way that it works inside the system, but people just think that's a thing you click on on the website. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the way he's communicating about, about it here, he's acting like it's something that functionally it's not right. Like the, mm-hmm. when you use it as a, as a lay person who's using the website, you're not thinking, Oh, I'm going to the Facebook photos application. <laughs> right. You're just like, you click photos and yeah. it's a different part of the website. I'm sure it's got its own application that runs. Sure. But like the way he's talking about this is really weird. Yeah. That I think it's going in. So, you know, first we built the kind of some of the core apps, then platform inside Facebook, then connect now social plugins and instant personalization. Um, And I just think we're going to look out, you know, over the next few years and a lot of the, industries that there hasn't been innovation in for a while are going to have new applications built that are built with people at their core, such as as anything. I mean, I think think Yelp is actually a really interesting example where, you know, there have been directories of businesses for a long time, but now, um, you know, now for, for the first time, there's, it's, there's a there's the service where you can go and you can see what your friends like and you can see what, what people around you are reviewing and people that you respect and, um, and, you know, just being able to go now, and, and I mean, Yelp is one of the instant personalization partners, and being able to see what the people around you are connected to, I, I just think it, it adds an element to the experience that is both qualitatively good and is extremely good for engagement and use of the site. Can I, can I ask you what you think is meant by the social graph? Is that something now. that Facebook yeah. controls? Or Yo, this was right before they launched graph. Uh, graph Search. And, and yep. secondly, how can it be monetized in a way that's Mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, fair to the people who use it, who are, who are included in it? Well, I mean, so the idea of the social graph that we, I mean, we just, we introduced this at the first F8 in 2007 when we rolled out Platform. And it was kind of our, our way of explaining the, the phenomenon that we thought was happening in the world. And um, the idea of the social graph is that, um, you know, if you mapped out all of the connections between people in the world, that it would form this graph. And you know, what we are trying to do at Facebook is just try to map out um, the connections that people have because we think that once, once those connections are mapped out, then you can start to offer all But they're also not asking people, like, part of- do they want those connections mapped out and searchable? Because I feel like a large portion of people would say no. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> that's the only way to really search for people on there. And I'll, I'll just be honest. I mean, people wouldn't have picked up Facebook and used it real quick if they couldn't like search their friend and find their friend on there. So like, you know, it, it is what it is. It's not, it ain't great, but I mean, it, it is what it is. It's the, the thing that the site does is allows you to find your friends or anyone actually, which is the, the bad. Part. I don't think that's what he's talking about though. Like he's, that's part of what he's talking about, uh, the idea of the social graph. But he's also talking about like not just who you are, but intimate things about you, and uh, and like things making those things searchable. Uh, when really he didn't ask, like, do you want those things to be searchable? Uh, like whether you are single. So if if someone searches for uh, single people who work at my company, 
uh, would you want your profile to come up for that if you were single and you worked at Facebook with him? Not like with him. He's searching that. Not would you him. want that? I mean, depends who's searching. No, depends who's searching. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you could have it set to like friends only. Are you cool with like any rando you've added on Facebook searching like single people that I work with or single people who single people in my town? I mean, I'm being a bit glib, but of course that's creepy. But like I said, yeah, creepy as fuck. Unless so like that's what he's talking about when he's talking about the social graph because th- this was right before they launched graph search and graph search was all about searching the social graph. Uh, so he's talking about not just like who you are, but metadata about you, uh, things that you've liked, things that you've interacted with, and to a certain extent, web pages you've been to, which is fucking creepy. Who within five miles of me has been to Pornhub in the last 15 minutes? I mean, if you click that like button, that would show up. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I, for some that people, would that's be bad. on the graph. It's a graph, though. It's, it's rad. It's like mathematics. <laughs> Facebook.com um, and, you know, all the different Facebook services that people use, Facebook mobile, um, all the things like that, but also start to enable this broader platform where... Yeah, think about that. Games, they- Pornhub had one of those Facebook like buttons, so Facebook knows exactly where you've been on Pornhub. It knows what videos you've watched. That's terrifying. <laughs> yep build um they can start to remake any site or application on the web around knowing who you know um and and kind of personalizing things to you so you know it's been this interesting thing because i I think a lot of people have characterized it as if somehow we own the graph or we're trying to own the graph or someone else has a graph and um well it's it's your graph what do you mean we own the graph you own the graph it's yours you made it it's on your fucking server it exists on their servers they they own the graph. He the, owns what he's the talking graph. about, he owns it, yes. That's the name of this episode. It's called We Own the Graph. <laughs> <laughs> Not really how we intended it at all. It's, I mean, we think that there is a graph in the world and that the best that anyone can do is try to map it out and that even better now with some of the open graph stuff that we're doing, when different services can pool their different respective parts of maps of the graph together, then you can build even better services. Yeah, this is like foreshadowing to Cambridge Analytica. Absolutely. He's, he's describing the tools that they, they used. Yep. They were just there to be used. And I'm sure they weren't the only ones using it, but other people using it were just trying to sell you a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is, this is exactly what the, the guy, uh, this guy on the left here, this is exactly what he was talking about. Like, if I don't want my ship public, why is it? public by default and that's the kind of stuff that cambridge analytica had access to you're a very big part of this graph if that's the case if it's built around people mm-hmm. a lot of things have been built around search they've been built around all kinds of things but not necessarily people where where does facebook what kind of power are you in this graph well you know i think people rely on us for two things i mean one is just the service that they use on a day-to-day basis um to you know, share and stay connected with the people around them and, and their friends. But this shit again. Also, I think people look to us as the leader in this space. And I think that there's a pretty widely held belief. The leader in what space? The social graph? Well, you're the only one who made it now. <laughs> he 
he like acts like the yep. social graph is just this thing that's out there in the fucking ether, right? That that just exists uh, independent of Facebook, and that they're just tapping into it. It's like kind of it's like a super sneaky thing he's doing here. He's like your connections with the people you know would make a graph or you know some kind of some kind of chart or something. And th- I guess that's I mean, he true. Literally said that. I guess that's true. But you would have to sit down and draw it, <laughs> right? But also like. If you think about the way people use Facebook, it doesn't generate any sort of meaningful social graph. Like, does the connection that I have to my wife have the same weight as the connection that I have to some high school friend that I haven't seen in nearly 20 years? I guess if they're a high school friend, it wouldn't be nearly 20 years, but... We'll be, we'll you know, be con- 15 years. We'll, we'll, we'll be. Yeah, 15 years for me, too. Social networking has come, <laughs> you, know, and, you know, having almost half a billion users is certainly a, a pretty cool milestone that we're definitely proud of, yeah. um, that we can serve that many people. Um, Actually, no, it'd be, uh, it'd be more than 15 years. We're much yeah, it would be nearly 20 years. ...than we are to the end. And I think that's a theme in a lot of the changes that we make, is that... We, you know, it would be easy for us to just kind of keep things going the same as they are, right? And, you know, we grow... Even that's not good. um, People, because people refer their friends to the site. We do no advertising. So, you know, everyone who signs up for the site um, is doing it because one of their friends told them to get on the site. And certainly, you know, on a day-to-day basis, if we didn't disrupt things, that would be kind of the easiest way to proceed. But we don't believe that if we did that, um, we'd be doing the best... They advertise now. You know, either us long-term or for the I'm still fucking absolutely shocked that facebook advertises the facebook portal i'd be shocked if anyone has bought it and i'm i'm shocked that they advertise it because like after you watched this could you imagine an ad coming on your tv saying hi i'm mark zuckerberg from facebook and i want to put a camera in your house that is always running and sending the video feed to my server where we hope that the world gets to and you know we we can you'll pay me for that right changes um even if some of them are controversial especially at the time when we do them um and we we think that that's a lot of what kind of people are counting on us to do is the leader in the space and what's your how does the social graph get monetized you know well i mean there there are two kind of primary ways i mean one is we can provide really good, relevant advertising to people because they tell us exactly what they're interested in and who they know, and you know those people tell us what they're interested in. Right. Um, so that's one piece of it, right, where I think um, the, the advertising on, in these systems, I think, will get much more relevant than than that in a lot of other systems very quickly. And I mean, it's, I mean there's some stat quoted today about how um, the number of advertisers in the system has grown by 4x over the last um, you know, year and a half alone. And you know, just having all those different ads in the system makes it so that there's more to, to draw from and that people get more relevant ads. The other part is around engagement, right? Because what people are doing on the site is they're sharing stuff and, uh, w- with their friends, and the ads reflect that as well, right? So I mean, there are interesting examples um, like what we're doing with Starbucks mm-hmm. where and this was their first, uh, I think one of their first major online ad campaigns. And, you know, they now have more than seven people are connected to or fans of and like um, the Starbucks presence online. And the ad campaign that they did was around basically giving away some free products in their stores. Um, and they, the ad was basically, it, it said, okay, here, there's this, this day where you can, there's free stuff. And, um, 
and people invited their friends, and their, their friend, and it was basically an event on the site. Um, and people basically engaged their friends and got their friends to go. So in the same way that people are organically sharing information on the site, um, people are doing that around these brands as well, and it's, and it's proving to be really efficient for, for this right. kind of advertising. So how do, who do you see as your competitors? Who do you, we asked, I asked you this at FA, you know, yeah. back and forth, but who do you actually, when you think about... The CIA. Who do you think about... <laughs> at this point, it sounds like the CIA <laughs> or like <clears throat> a stalker with a billion dollars. <laughs> so we'll do this last question um and then we'll 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 get to the to the to the flip side of this we'll let him answer this last question the same this last question here the same way he's been answering the other questions right not at all who do you who do you think about as your major people that you think about every day you know i mean there's all the usual suspects in the space um but i think such you know, as a different approach than others you know in terms of trying to build the web in this way from the ground up around people i mean some some other folks have different approaches like i mean google focuses on you know building it around links right and um and different other companies focus around building um building out the the ecosystem around different things i mean apple is around apps right and i mean certainly you know i mean i think we compete with different companies in different ways but I mean, one thing that I try to do in running the company is not make some of the same mistakes that I've seen other companies make. We try to make different mistakes. Right, right. And, um, um, and, good job. Thank you. Um, and, you know, one mistake that I think a lot of companies make is they focus on what are the big companies in the space that could potentially be their big competitors. And I think people kind of over-rotate on that sometimes. I mean, the, the big example was... Um, you know, in, in all the early Apple clips, you know, there's all the stuff about how a Apple and Steve Jobs are trying to rally people against IBM, but really what they needed to worry about was, uh, was a smaller company, right, that, that few people had heard of at the time. And, you know, I think that's probably more apt, right? I mean, the world is changing so quickly now um, with mobile stuff and, um, and just different platforms emerging that I think it's more likely that the biggest competitor for us is something that we haven't heard of. Um, and... I think what that means for us is that we should just really stay focused on what we're doing, right? I think we have, we have a pretty ambitious goal for the world and what we think will make the web better, what we think will make all these businesses that integrate with us run more effectively, what we think will be disruptive and make it so that new businesses can grow. And I think if we stay focused on doing that, um, that's really the main thing that we need to do. So I realize it's kind of, it's not, you know, it's not no, it's um, a perfectly an legitimate answer. answer. Um, that's true. Oh, I disagree, and we're going we're gonna to put, put a fork in it here. <laughs> that was not an answer. I think Twitter already existed. The answer, just because, hey, Twitter, I think Twitter is like the next biggest uh, uh, platform in this space. When we first started, it was MySpace. You know, like, you just, like, that's easy. I don't know if Twitter directly competes with Facebook, though. But he could have said it, HK. I'm not. I'm not trying to split yeah. hairs on like who the market is for these people. He could have just said Twitter, right? Yeah. Like, but he didn't. He was. He like went back to well, we're trying to make the web a better place through sharing and all this fucking shit again. He just gave the same fucking answer again. Yep. Uh, like I like I was saying, it's like talking to an AI. Uh, that's trained on like a very limited data set. It's just going to give you the same answers over and over and over again. Well, that was difficult. Um, we're not going to watch the rest of it. You are free to watch the rest of it though, or listen to the rest of it. It is easy to find. There are probably a dozen YouTube links to it. Um, <clears throat> I guess that's the end of the pod. I'll read us out this week, everybody. Thanks for listening to 
the intellectual dollar tree we do the show live every wednesday at 7 p.m pacific twitch.tv slash echoplex media go to echoplexmedia.com click some things find out some information about us uh give us money in various ways i'll see everybody in red light
Did you know Echoplex has a 24-hour stream? That's right. Check out our 24-7 music stream at echoplexmedia.com live or at eplex.xyz. Our huge self-submitted local music library plays the best tunes the Bay Area has to offer, ad and commercial free, well, except for ours, and even by request. Check out the player on echoplexmedia.com or at eplex.xyz. Bookmark it and enjoy it all day. Echoplex is very supportive of our local music scene, and we hope you enjoy the soundtrack they've so graciously sent in for us to play on our network. If you like who you hear, please go check them out. The names of the artists are displayed on the player at echoplexmedia.com and at eplex.xyz.